Hi there. I'm Lee Redhead, a writer and member of Sisters in Crime Australia. Welcome to Scarlet Stiletto Bites, scintillating short stories by Australian women. Our weekly podcast is designed for busy lives. Each murder mystery is short, but not always sweet. Expect twisted tales, quirky humour, imagination, and a frisson of feminism. Sisters in Crime Australia's Scarlet Stiletto Awards were established in 1994 to unearth criminal literary talent. We're producing these podcasts of winning stories to celebrate the sisters' 30th anniversary ceremony in Melbourne in late 2023. The concept designer and narrator is fellow sister, actor, barrister, broadcaster, and best-selling true crime author, Susanna Lopez. Hello, Susanna here. Just a few weeks ago, Sisters in Crime met for a sensational Scarlet and Pearls dinner, 30th anniversary celebration and 2023 awards night. We had a fab evening, surrounded by new and more experienced authors and lots of avid readers. The winner of the 2023 Scarlet Stiletto Award for Short Stories, along with the Art and Crime category, is Romani Rekovic, and I will narrate her rather sinister story today. This is the 30th weekly Scarlet Stiletto Bites podcast, and I've really enjoyed producing and narrating. Big thanks to our co-producer and creative networker, Carmel Shute, to announcer, Lee Redhead, to our technical producer, Tim Coy, and to our graphic designer, Kaz Brown, and to you for listening, sharing, following, and recommending to friends and family. We might be back in 2024. And now, the 2023 Scarlet Stiletto winning story, Skin and Bone, by Romani Rekovic. I was besotted from the moment she walked through my squeaking garden gate, all tattooed limbs, hanging out of a dinosaur sundress, dusted by long snake earrings and glossy black braids. My sleek little bob, jeans and crocs, felt prudishly conservative, especially given the unexpectedly inappropriate desire that crashed through me at exactly that moment. That gate is just adorable, she said after we dispensed with the awkward, over-enthusiastic first-time meeting greetings and I was getting a hold of my heart rate. Where on earth did you get it? I regarded the silhouetted children with their kites, strings creating the vertical bars, a dog leaping for a beribboned tail, smiled like it held a Pleasant memory and lied. My parents commissioned it when I was young. I'm the girl on the left next to the daffodils. And they're your siblings? Uh Uh-huh. Her intoxicating scent fogged up the entryway 
and my synapses, making words vanish and leaving only sounds, only formless grunts and an increasingly magnetic obsession. No, back on track. Uh, you're wanting to make a book, right? Come out back to the studio. I gestured along the hallway, which, in a terrible feng shui decision, ran the length of the house straight to the back door. She clomped past me in purple Doc Martens. It was all I could do not to stroke her multicoloured skin as it moved in front of my nose, so close, so tantalising. I dropped my gesturing arm a little too soon, collecting a delicious stroke of her forearm on a backward swing. Yes, I would have her. I would touch that skin. But not yet. Her wake smelled like frangipanis. Too tropical for this corner of the world, with an earthiness, an undertone of dirt, something organic and elemental. She spotted the books and detoured into the sitting room before I could correct her course to the back door. Of course, that's what she was here for, so it was completely understandable. It was only natural, I was beginning to feel, that she should be as drawn to the books, my books, as I was. My hands knew them so intimately they ached as she caressed each spine. I'd bound many of them, folded, sliced, stitched, wrapped and glued. I could remember the feeling of battling to stitch the thick pages in the one her strong fingers currently touched, and the brittleness of the faux leather I'd tried with the one she held now. I'd had to redo that one into real, buttery vellum. She smiled indulgently at each of them, as if she were holding a child. Watching from the door, my fingers curved into my palm as I fought to keep them to myself. Did you make all of these? Yes, another lie. There were dozens more books in my library than I had made in my 20 years of bookbinding. 30 years if you included the books of folded, stapled paper and coloured cardboard that I'd make for my classmates in primary school. In high school, my friends had the fanciest notebooks of any 15-year-olds anywhere in the country, until Vanessa not only etched her boyfriend's surname alongside hers, but tried to hack it out two weeks later after seeing him behind the tennis court with Mandy Sutton. The ending was quick and, well, mostly clean. My visitor caressed the covers as lovingly as I did, and it made me shiver with delight to watch. She even took care to slide them back in the shelf gently, 
parting the neighbouring tomes with one hand and gently easing them home into their rightful place. Skin resting against skin. Oh, so delicious. Such anticipation. Uh, I should take you to the studio, I said abruptly, as her mouth also opened to speak. There was no gentle way to shake myself out of such a meandering mind. She turned her head to me, then her body followed, braids and dress eddying around her slim figure. I wanted to feed her up a little, to be honest. There should be more of her. Slowly and carefully, mind you, there'd be no call for stretch marks or warped tattoos. No, slow, steady and perfect. That's why you came, isn't it? Yes, it is. She galumphed back into the hallway. Inhaling deeply, I managed to keep my hands to myself this time as she passed me. Are you hiding something in there? Where? In your library. She paused and I nearly, accidentally on purpose, ran into her but pulled up just in time. It sounded urgent that we get out. (laughs) A body in the library. In my library. Hey, I don't know. If you didn't like me touching your books, you could have just said. I couldn't tell her how much I had adored her touching my books, that I could feel her stroking their covers, caressing their skins, that it had been almost like she was touching me. There are bodies in my library, actually. Her eyes widened, body tensed. She glanced over my shoulder to the front door. Damn it! Don't scare her just yet. I smiled as non-threateningly as I could. My my parents are in a box on the mantelpiece. I, I was worried you might bump it. Oh, she exhaled, laughed nervously, glanced at the door again. Okay, I, I, I was worried things were getting weird. Oh, sweetheart, they will, I promise. Just not quite yet. Oh, I always fancied putting them into something beautiful, keeping them together forever. Another lie. But I'd figured out the earthy smell that moved with her and why her fingers looked so rough, yet touched so delicately. I couldn't wait to feel them against my own skin. I could make you an urn for them if you like. Something custom? Jackpot. Is that what you do? Pottery? She nodded and restarted her journey to the studio, hidden amongst the depths of my charmingly overgrown backyard. Honestly, it probably needed a gardener, but equally honestly, I didn't need a hairy, hulking dude getting all up in my business. All that hair tended to clog my drains. She had studio etiquette, I had to admit. 
She tucked her hands in neatly hidden pockets as she roamed the studio, inspecting my paper, cover boards, threads, the press that was currently unoccupied. I'd been gluing yesterday, and the sticky scent hung in the air. It, it didn't seem to bother her, as she breathed deeply as if evaluating the ambience. You do it all. When I can. I rested a finger on a recently completed project. Just one finger. Just one fingernail. Just the very tip of one fingernail. Lest the visceral urge to feel it full contact overcame me and I made a fool of myself. Will you do it all for me? She cocked her head. Snakes peeking through her braids, a sailor Jerry Bluebird on her shoulder, sharing her expression. Of course, I would do it all for you. Everything for you, in a heartbeat. I don't give yourself away, not yet. Uh, depends on the project, I said, as if hedging my bets. She didn't answer at once, but came closer, lay her hand flat on the recent project next to my tenuous fingernail. I think I closed my eyes, although I kept seeing her rough fingers within a hair's breadth of mine, so close. I definitely shuddered a little. What if we trade? She suggested, I do your parents and you do mine. I, uh, not that mine are dead though, well, not yet anyway, she chuckled. I had bound romances, research, memoirs, love letters, and none of the words on their pages came to my rescue. Not one. Sorry, sorry, that was insensitive. She picked her hand up and tucked it back in her pocket. I exhaled as if forcing out every secret I'd ever kept, every lie, pushing my fingernail deeper into the soft leather cover. If I did that to her, she'd probably recoil, maybe even hit me. The prospect of contact, even in violence, filled me with even more desire. The crescent mark of my nail in her flesh would be red and fresh, and then it would fade, unlike the one I was leaving now in the cover. A living, breathing creature had given its life so the book could be born, and now here I was, marking it, disrespecting it, and thinking only about the marks I would make on her skin. Punctuation marks amongst the images permanently embedded there. Back on track. I still don't know what you want. Oh, right, yeah. It's kind of a family history. Dad wrote it, Mum drew the illustrations, and I'm on publication duties. It's not long. But no, I thought it'd make a nice Christmas present. Very nice, 
I lifted my fingernail from the book. I would wait, fatten her up, stretch it out. The delicious anticipation would make it even nicer. She returned the following week with a sample of her work, a sculptural vase, all odd shapes and unexpected divots that my daffodils sought out and settled into. I envied the daffodils. Surely they could feel how a memory of her caresses oozed from the fine grain. The material was almost translucent, like the soft, pale patches of skin, inside elbows, thighs, that provide windows to the transit of blood through our bodies, the patches that tear easily. I stroked it curiously. Bone china, she said. It's more common in mass-produced tableware, but I've been experimenting with my own blends and I think I could make something really special out of your parents. She frowned charmingly, tried to correct herself. For your parents. For you, I guess. It was for me, truth be told. My parents weren't really on the mantelpiece. Although they were in my library, she'd have to make do with the remains of Gertie, their loyal greyhound. I made us a cuppa using my Mikasa bone china teapot in honour of her vase. Not as fancy as her sculptural vase, but quite pretty really, with a similarly mystical milky appearance. All in all, I felt proud of my self-control today. I'd practised being distant all morning, steering clear of my books or anything else with skin that would make me want to touch, to reach out. The things that made me lose control of my fingers and let them roam free. I handed her a teacup. She reached for the saucer. I saw it. A blackberry bramble had grown around her wrist and up her forearm. Delicious little black bubbles ripe enough to pop between your teeth. I couldn't help myself. I reached out, out, and she let me touch it, holding her tea awkwardly in mid-air as I grazed across the surface, sticky with ointment. I got it last week, the day after I saw you. She transferred the tea to her other hand and slowly rotated her now free arm for me to see it better. I used to go blackberrying with my parents, so it's got good memories. It's exquisite. She let her arm rest in my hand and I felt the weight of her for the first time her quick pulse under my fingers, the smoothness of the old skin, the stickiness of the new. Hmm, isn't it? I was thinking it might be a cool motive to put on our book. Our book? Yes, of course it would be. I was slicing it in my brain already, figuring out how to transfer what was wrapped around her arm to a flatter, square a medium. But not yet. It was too soon. 
how long until it heals? It should be healed over another week or so, but it won't really be part of my body for almost six months. She drew it back and looked at the artwork lovingly. I love the two-month mark probably best, though. The ink's still sitting kind of high and the skin heals over the top and it gets this silvery, shimmery, 3D kind of vibe. It almost looks like it's been embroidered onto my skin. My mouth watered at the thought. My stomach roiled at the extended waiting time. And then I remember that the tea was not the tea she should be drinking today. We should pick your materials. Now? Yes, leaving my own undrunk tea on the bench, I, I led the way to the studio. The freezers started coming out yesterday and the scent followed us inside, battling against the glue. Her nose wrinkled. What would you like for the pages? Paper, parchment, thick, thin, white, cream. Hands firmly in pockets. If only I could keep mine tucked away from temptation like that. She perused my shelves. Something off-white, perhaps, and thin. Like, like an encyclopedia that just knows everything. Dad would like that. Okay. I should have at least made a show of taking notes, but I'd rather watch her invade my studio, let her imprint on everything I can touch later in memory of her. End papers? What are they? I pulled open a previous commission, the one with a crescent-shaped imprint marring the smooth cover, and flipped it open. The end papers were marbled in smoky greys, a book carved from stone, fit to last for eons. I pulled another from the shelf and showed her a, a detailed Art Deco print I'd found at an antique shop. Do you even make those too? I nodded. It was only a little lie. Hmm, well, I, I guess it'll depend on the colour of the cover, won't it? I nodded again. I could see blackberry brambles tumbling across the end papers, perhaps skimming the tops of the pages, flowing down the spine of this marvellous, beautiful book, this beautiful person. I wondered what flowed down her spine, suspected it's something beautiful too, if only I could lift her hair, lower the zip. I kept that to myself. Uh, okay, cover? Leather, I guess. Of course, animal membrane is the only real wrapper for a good story, and hers, her book will, well, our book, she called it. Ugh, words were so evasive in her presence. Action was needed. Behind my workbench, what looked like a cupboard door at first glance, opened into a pitch-black room. I pondered the shadows for a moment. I hadn't really thought this through. She brought out impulses in me that were unexpected, thrilling and terrifyingly out of control. As long as they didn't scare her, though. 
I flicked the switch. She gasped, then thankfully stepped forward to see more clearly. Pulled tight with strings and stones, the paper-thin skin still vaguely resembled the piglet it had once been. My skin prickled as she came to rest in the doorway next to me. I breathed her earthy scent. Good, good girl. It can be hard to get one's hand on real vellum these days, so I sometimes make my own. You kill animals? Well, I have some farming connections, wildlife carers who tell me about intact roadkill. I've been doing it for a while. The bone scraper was on the cabinet by my hand, so I picked it up to scrape at the skin. I only started preparing it the day after she visited, so it was nowhere near ready, but I could already see it, feel it, taking shape and the and the stories it would contain. Already contains. She peered closer. Ah, she saw them. Are those tattoos? They are. It was a practice pig for apprentices. I scraped more vigorously, keeping my hands and my eyes busy. She was too close now, and it wasn't time yet. I think I should go. I continued scraping as she headed back to the garden, falling into the rhythm. She was right about the silver skin thing. When we next met, the brambles were no longer gooey with ointment. Instead, they were vibrant and slightly unreal. She let me touch them. I thrilled at the contact, feeling the leaves and berries still raised, like embossing on her skin. Definitely not ready yet. Something I also discovered with the pigskin. The fresh tattoos had made the skin unpredictable when I stretched and scraped it. We met at hers this time, so she could show me her studio, although all I noticed was her skin, covered in flecks of porcelain clay, dusty white confusing the busy pictures and creating patterns where there were none, and her heady, earthy scent washing over me, caressing my nostrils, settling on my own skin. Maybe later I could bury my head in my cardigan and smell her in my clothes. She moved easily around her workspace, plain crockery drying on shelves against the wall, a spinning wheel, bags of white powders, a large mortar and pestle. Gertie's box by the window. Gertie had liked that, actually. That great big yard out there with all the Bones drying in the sunshine? Of course. She worked with bone china. The bone part had to come from somewhere. Will the book be ready for Christmas, do you think? She asked, turning so that bluebird peeked cheekily between her braids. I hesitated. I'd brought out the larger stretching rack in the back room in preparation, 
but she seemed to be getting even skinnier, despite the cake I tried to feed her and the chocolates I'd brought this time, and clearly her new ink needed more healing. Well, if it's not, that's okay. I'll I'll, I'll just get them something else. Maybe as a backup, that's probably a good idea. She picked up her gin. Apparently she didn't keep tea in her studio and wandered into the garden drawing her hand across the rough exterior of the cold kiln. Could I come back and browse your library? Any time. She was always meant to be part of that room, part of my library. The heart and soul of it, in fact. It was just a matter of patience. How about my parents? It was the first time I'd asked her about the tribute to my parents. I waved a hand at the window where Gertie's box basked in the sunshine. How are you going with them? She nodded multiple times, as if hearing a beat in her head. Maybe her pulse or her heartbeat. I was so sure I could feel them too. Feeling closer, more connected to her with every visit. Slowly, there's something I want to try with the clay, and I don't want to stuff it up. Part of me wanted to tell her it was just a dog, and she could toss poor Gertie out the window if she wanted. As long as she came back to me once her tattoo healed, I didn't care about her pottery her fine china with bones in it. She would be memorialised as so much more than that. I had been lying awake at night thinking about a picture book. Those brambles on the spine. Sailor Jerry Bird cheekily winking on the back cover. I was saving the front cover for something magnificent hidden on the tender parts of her body that wouldn't be revealed until I had undressed her. It was hard to plan a publication when you didn't have all the content. It's the heart in it that matters, though, isn't it? I offered carefully. Like a spy with the script, she responded, It's the love and consideration, not the perfection. I nodded in agreement. We were of one mind, moving slowly around the garden, stroking leaves and proudly regarding blooms. There's always a bit of the client in everything I make. Me too, she said. Although, of course, I knew she didn't mean it like I did. Not literally. There was so little of Mother by the end that her book came out pocket-sized. Father, on the other hand, his excesses were such I had to split him over two racks and could have turned him into an encyclopedia. I didn't, though. I made him into a street directory. He would have hated it, a fact which brought me great joy. I tipped the rest of the gin down my throat and followed in her wake, feeling the delicate petals under my fingers, squeezing just enough that they'd be brown by sunset. Her garden was quite idyllic. I wondered if she had more flowers hidden around her body.
I wondered how I could fatten her up in time for Christmas publication. Then I saw the grass. It was much closer than I'd anticipated, and coming closer. The garden embraced me, and I found myself swimming through a camellia bush. Ah, oh, about time, she said, threading a fine arm under mine before I ate dirt. Despite my condition, I felt her touch in every molecule of my being, and I could almost see a delicate cat's ear peeking from underneath her bra strap, and the warm, fuzzy anticipation feelings made my legs even less cooperative. Well, let's get you inside while you can still walk. I hadn't remembered the two steps on the way out of her house, but they were exceptionally tricky on the way back in, as was the hallway and the bathroom door. My one-too-many-arms may have knocked a pot over somewhere along the way. She settled me in the bath and then turned on the taps, held my hand, then my head. A bit of my client in everything I make. We were on the same wavelength. A bit of my client. A bit. The end. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love your feedback. Subscribe for free to Scarlet Stiletto Bites wherever you get podcasts. And do visit our website, sistersincrime.com dot org dot au